For so many modern driven women, life is about being more than one thing. We're multidimensional and so are our conversations. We carry multiple identities. We can be both mother and artist, both attorney and entrepreneur, both clinician and CEO, both humble and proud. Life for women like us is about both, about all of the above. It's about the and. Our stories are the stories of so many of you. We wanted the freedom and flexibility to live life on our own terms, and we felt the pull to be more present to our families. But we still felt drawn to contribute, to build, and to create. And we wanted to establish financial security for ourselves and our children. For us, that looked like founding software companies and then a successful coaching and online course business. But for you, that may look different. Our mission is to help other women build and grow businesses on the internet. Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating, but it doesn't need to be. We're here to share an insider's peek into the strategies and mental resilience it takes to create and run six and seven figure online businesses. As women entrepreneurs, only 2% of us will ever earn a million dollars. We've done it ourselves and we're on a mission to help you reach financial independence by chronicling our journey and sharing our proven playbook. Join us for honest conversations about what it really means to grow a business and build a life that aligns with your values and adds something meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And you're listening to the And She Spoke podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the new podcasts that drop every single Tuesday. Welcome to the And She Spoke podcast. Today's episode is all about pricing and your mindset. Hey, Sandy, what do we have on the table for folks to hear about today? (laughs) Hey, Jenny. I thought it would be super helpful to talk about pricing. It is one of the most drama-filled, anxiety-ridden events, especially for the newer entrepreneurs that you can experience. And so I thought we would just talk a little bit about undercharging, overcharging, and discounting. And I really want to dive into the mindset or the beliefs or the thinking behind how we choose our prices because this is really like 97% mindset and 3% strategy. Now you probably will change those numbers around, but this podcast episode is about the angle of the mindset and then you can come in with your strategy at any time. Thank you, Sandy. Yeah. No, I tend to agree with you. I do think there are times when you make a pricing decision based on strategy and that's when you always should do it. But most of us, I think, get hung up on sort of the emotional elements of pricing. And then we tend to price our offers emotionally rather than strategically. And I think that's the mistake that people make. So let's dive in. What are some of the things that people do when they're coming up with their pricing that maybe they shouldn't be doing? Let's do undercharging first. So this is obviously you're choosing a very low price. So you are choosing something very cheap in quotations. And I think the logic or the thinking behind it is that I don't want anyone to not be able to buy. Like I want to be affordable to everyone. I want to be seen as generous and kind and giving. And I don't want to be linked. So for some people who have a really like negative association with money or like money makes you bad or rich or awful, you know, like you believe that having money is a negative thing. You don't want to be seen as that. So you're going to undercharge. I want my work to be available to everyone. I don't want anyone to think that I'm greedy or like hyper-focused on money. And the other thing too is, is like I see people thinking like they look around at, you know, similar offerings and they're like, everyone is charging this. So I'm going to like sneak in underneath 
and be lower than what sort of the average or what like the big wigs are selling. And I think like if we take all of that sort of logic and all those thoughts, I think what's underneath it is I want to be liked and I want to be accepted. Like I want this price, this thing out there in the world, but I want the thoughts that people are going to have around it when they see what I'm selling, what the price is. I want them to like me and I want my pricing to be accepted. Well, I don't relate to any of this, but I have heard it (laughs) enough on our coaching calls and just in the online business space enough to totally see what you're describing as being very prevalent in sort of the business culture. And I guess my question or my retort back for our listeners who identify with this is like, if you don't like money, why are you in business? Like, I guess as like a non money mindset coach, Sandy, like why do people have that association, do you think, and then choose to go into entrepreneurship in the first place? It's a direct link right away. Like I think the rhetoric out there is like, women, go start your own business. Like there's a lot of encouragement and like you're gonna make so much money and it's gonna be so freeing and you can take care of your kids and put a casserole in in the middle of the afternoon, like all of that. And it's very appealing, of course, like everybody, you know, in theory wants to make money. But when it comes down to the small micro decisions of running that business, such as pricing, I think there's a lot of this programming, these deep programming come up and that they're not necessarily aware of. Because I think most people would say, and if you think about our coaching clients, like they're going to say, yeah, I want money. I want to run my business. I want money. But there's all these little decisions along the way that the action to do it can get in the way because of pre-programmed beliefs. Yeah, I get that. And I think especially because we serve a lot of people in the wellness industry that I think there's also a lot of baggage associated with making money in wellness, even though it's a very lucrative industry for a lot of brands. I think that the rhetoric is that the work that these folks do should be like freely available to right. people because that's it's like true. an act yeah, of the service. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's problematic and that needs some undoing also. Yeah. So I just want to go through a couple points of like what the problem is with that kind of mindset or that kind of thinking we're undercharging. So number one, you don't actually make the money that you need to make, right? Or want to make. You can very, very quickly start to slip into resentment. So if you've sort of priced low because it was comfortable at the time to choose a low price over months or years, you kind of become resentful to your clients and to your business that you're just like, I'm doing all this work and I'm only making this much, right? You can very much operate from a place of like panic and pressure because, oh my God, like I need to go on a holiday or I need to pay my mortgage or whatever. Like there's this constant, like I'm not making enough money kind of pressure. You kind of stay in this confused state sometimes where you're confused about why people aren't buying. Like it's so cheap. Like why aren't they buying? Or you may hear people say like, I love it, but I just can't afford it or it's too much money or whatever. And the lesson there is like, no matter what price you choose, there's someone out there who's going to say that's too much money or it's not worth it to me. But I think you also end up spending a lot more time like working in your business, trying to compensate for these low prices. So there's a lot of energy, a lot of drama, a lot of like frustration and confusion, and you're just trying to sell more to kind of make up that difference. And I think the underlying problem here is that you're trying to sell your offering by price, right? You're focused on like, this is low, this should be, you know, an easy decision for people. And you're forgetting about you need to price by the value 
that you've created, like how are you helping someone in their life or what kind of transformation are you allowing them to have? Like we're not focused on that. We're focused on the $97 or whatever it is. Like $97 should sell. Like we're focused on that. We're forgetting the real guts of your business is that you provide a service or a program or a coaching program, whatever it may be to help people. And that's how you have to price it is from that value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally love value-based pricing. And this just reminds me of a YouTube video I saw this weekend, which of course, <laughs> that's what I do in my free time is watch YouTube. And it was a woman, I don't know why the algorithm showed me this video, but it was a woman who was like a very kind of famous YouTuber who was famous as being like a frugal like a frugal budgeting, frugal living person and how her – like anyway, this video showed up. It's like why I'm not frugal anymore. And it's because she discovered online business and she realized that like focusing on making more money was so much more productive for her than saving money. Like all the energy that she spent like obsessing over like $5 or $0.10 cents or whatever was just like taking up all of her time. And there was only so much – like helpfulness that came. You can only cut so much before it really starts to affect your quality of life. And I sort of see this as being so similar where it's like we become obsessed with like being cheap or being frugal, whether with what we buy or what we sell. Yeah. And then again, right, like the patriarchy is speaking to women here very heavily. And then, but like this transition for her was like, oh, I discovered that I could spend $10,000 on online courses, learn how to make a business and now not have to worry about being frugal anymore. (laughs) Jenny, that reminds me of a month ago or so, there was a woman in the inbox who wanted a dollar thirteen refund or something. It was like thirteen messages wow, back and forth for a dollar. I know we both. I like sent you the link to that one like, because it was what like, "What's going on?" Like, yeah, she was like, "Every penny counts," because like she had to refund somebody, and then there was an exchange rate thing going on, and it was like, "Wait, are you serious? Like, you want someone to process a dollar refund for like what?" But like. How much energy, how much like money could she have made by taking all of those back and forth emails and like focused on earning on more, selling more, yeah. right? Like that is the wrong place oh to Oh my focus, God. Lady. And you can't say anything. You're just like, wow. Yeah. If you're listening, lady, we apologize. We don't remember <laughs> who you are, so we're not going to out you or anything. But I don't remember who it is at all. <laughs> <laughs> like, but- honestly, you're probably not listening to us <laughs> because if you were one of our coaching clients, you would know that like it's really much more um, lucrative for you to focus on selling. So I think it's also like, it's just like, I love that you're framing this as a mindset issue, Sandy, because like fundamentally, if you're thinking about these things, that's where you're going to focus your energy in your business. And that's a big mistake. So right. Right. Clean up your thinking. And then like if we zoom out, all women are undercharging, then that is why we don't have anybody over 100K or very few, right? Like that is like the bigger picture at play is because of this. 82% of female-owned businesses never reach that mark. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is a problem. A a big part of it. It is a big problem. (laughs) It's a very big problem. Okay. So let's go to the other end of the spectrum, which is overcharging. And again, like this is very subjective. Like, am I undercharging or am I overcharging? Like there's no, this is very, very, very subjective. There's no like hard and fast rule to know if if you're one or the other. But I wanted to talk about overcharging because in our quest to help women make more money and get those businesses to 100K and 500K and so on, 
there's sort of this pressure and a belief like, here's my price and I should be charging more, right? Everyone tells me that I should be charging more and make more money. And I think that advice or that encouragement comes from a very beautiful and positive place. And of course, people think, well, I want to make more money, right? So I should charge more. And a lot of the thinking too is around like, I'm worth this, like I'm worth this much money. And I just, here's the thing. If we choose a price that's like more than maybe we're comfortable or more than we've ever charged before, and we're not fully in belief that our program is worth that much money, it won't sell. So I love everyone encouraging all of us to increase our prices and increase our prices, but the entrepreneur has to come along with that price and fully, fully believe in it. Otherwise, as soon as she writes an email or talks about it on a podcast or writes her sales page, that discomfort or that nervousness, or that like uncertainty will come through in the selling and you actually won't sell anything. And then it's just like, you feel disappointed and you feel sort of confused again. Like, you know, it's worth it. Why isn't anybody buying? And you don't really know what you should do. And again, you don't make any money. So you're kind of in the same, the same position. I would rather have our clients charge maybe less get behind a price that they can actually believe in. And when I say that, I mean, they say their price. They are so confident in it and so sure that that is the right price for right now. Like there's absolutely the value that I'm giving is worth this amount of dollars. And if somebody says no, not for me, too much money, you don't spin out. You are like, okay, got it. There's somebody else out there who will think this is an amazing price and will buy it from me. The moment you're like, ah, they didn't buy. I must be charging. Like I've done something wrong and I'm like, you know, and it's all about you. They don't think I'm worth. That's when it's too much money. So their sweet spot has to be in like a combination of like, you have to do the math of what you actually want to earn in a year. You know, what can that price be? What's realistic? What is the value? Like, I think you do have to take a look at the marketplace, kind of see what's what's going on. What's the value for that client? But you also have to get behind in belief. And you can increase your belief as you go, but it's a mistake to charge something that you've never, like if we charge $50,000 for our program, I couldn't sell it. Like I just, there's no way I could Yet. sell it. <laughs> Yet. Yeah. Yeah. You're all fired up about your business until you have to go and market it, talk about it, promote it. All of that feels so heavy, hard, and overwhelming. We know that your business will flourish when you become comfortable promoting your work. And for that reason, we created Visible, a program that helps women amplify their voice in a world that tries to keep them quiet. Build an audience around your body of work and not just your body. So forget everything you've been taught about marketing. Visible is your fastest route to building an audience of raving fans that can turn into paying clients. And side bonus, you can ignore trend alerts on Instagram. Join Visible today at joinvisible.co. Yeah, I get that. So here's what I think is that like what happens if you overcharge and you're not mentally ready or you don't fully believe 
like then you're going to maybe do a little bit of marketing. You're going to get feedback that it's too expensive and then you're just going to shy away from doing enough marketing to actually sell it. Like I think the problem then happens in the shying away and the pulling back from your marketing because when you don't believe in what you're selling, whether because it's because of price or because of some other reason, you're just not going to put that time and energy into marketing that you need to do to be successful. So I think that to me, like that's where the breakdown actually happens. I think that it generally speaking, almost always in the online space, people are undercharging. Like I think it's very rare that the overcharging side happens. It's like it happens, but it's much more rare than the undercharging side. I agree. Absolutely. Like I would bet it's like an 80-20 thing out there. Like, And I think more specifically for women, I don't think men undercharge. I think they're probably more overcharging. But that is why a lot of our conversation is in our coaching programs is around encouraging people to increase their prices. But it's like it sometimes has to be baby steps. And some people can like, oh my God, yes, I totally see the value here. What am I doing? I'm going to charge $200 now, right? There's some people who can jump there and some people not. So you have to just know yourself or help get coached on this so that you can increase increase the price. I do want to say that probably for us, we've had our program at 6,000 for ever. Yeah. A couple of years. And in the beginning it was really hard and I, maybe we increased a little bit too quickly, but where we are now, I can sell that thing all day long because I believe in it so hard. I know for like a hundred percent that what we give versus 6,000, we give more than what $6,000. Way more. (laughs) Way more way more, right? Both of us, we believe that so strongly to go and sell that. It's so easy. Like I can sell it confidently and whatever that client's reaction or potential client's reaction is, I'm okay because I'm so solid in my own beliefs about us, what we do and the price and the program, like solid, solid. If you don't get it, you don't see it. It's no problem. You're just not our ideal client, right? So I think that's that's where you have to come from when you write every single email, when you sales page, speak about it, whatever it is. When you market, you have to come from full belief. Yeah, I agree. And I think that, that when I've, I've seen that transition happen for us in this program where both of us at some point coalesced and realized that we're maybe undercharging for that program. And so then the way we talk about it, I think the way we strategize about it, everything is different because we come from that place of confidence about the price and the value. And so it makes it so much easier to do business from that place. Like And demand. Like we know there's people who want it, right? Like then that starts to like just kind of build on itself that you've like you've got people like, hey, they know the price and they're coming and asking about it or they're like, I love this for these life reasons, can't do it right now, I'll do it next round or whatever. Like you see that and you're like, yeah, people are out there seeing it. So like there's this demand or need for it and then it makes it easier to sell and you just get more and more confident in your pricing. And then I think like we do need to increase that price at some point. And I think like what we need to start doing is thinking about what does that look like? How's we need to like play with that in the future? Like imagine that happening and like what do we have to think and would anything have to change or whatever? So we do that work ahead of time before we actually increase our price. Yeah. I think also just kind of having like a level of professionalism and organization around it helps too. Like I'll just add, I think that there are tactical and strategic things that you can do to help 
elevate your offer so that it warrants someone paying more money. Like I think there's little confidence boosters that come, right? Like for us having like finally settling on kind of the process that we teach and honing in on it, like taking content away that makes, to me, makes the program more valuable because it's more straightforward. Having a very clear message and brand, like having, like all the things that we've worked on over the years to like solidify that program, make it easier to charge more money. So I think that this is not a made up thing. I guess I just want to say, and maybe this is something you're going to add in your next point, Sandy, but like pricing, it's kind of made up, but it's kind of not also. Like you have to be able to explain clearly the value someone gets from participating in your online course or online membership or whatever it is, group coaching program, in order to warrant that price. And that value can be a monetary value. That value can be like a lifestyle value, some other benefit to someone. Like you have to believe in it, but that belief comes from you actually knowing that it, it's real. It's not just like in my head, I've manifested this idea that these things might help people. Like, no, like you've created a process. You've like put in the work to develop something that is transformative. And then your belief in that value comes from your evidence of it transforming people's lives, right? Like it's, it's not made up. And so I think that's part of the confidence boosting, right? Is that like, as you grow and evolve as an, as an online business owner, you start to see the results that your work produces. Yeah. In the beginning, you don't have the results. So that's why you would tend to, you start low, right? And then you like experiment and learn. And, you know, that's what we teach in the program as your beta, your, your first launch, you don't know it's all testing. And so there's a specific discount for those beta programs, which we teach in the course. We don't need to do that, go into that here, but that's why, right? Because you're like learning and getting feedback and you're just continually hone in and evaluate and you evolve into something that is just amazing. So the last point here is I wanted just to talk about discounting and it's not so much, I guess it kind of is pricing, but we see a lot of like strange things happening out there when it comes to discounting and specifically around email list, like discounting to your email list. And again, I think this ends up as a loss of money for women. And I just wanted to kind of, you know, banter about when we should discount and when we should not be discounting and so on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in particular, we saw a coaching question come in recently around like, should I discount to my email list? Like when I'm launching something, should I discount to my list? And it's like, Probably not because that's like your warmest, best audience. Like that's who you're going to make your sales from. So unless you're doing a flash sale or like you have some other strategic reason for offering a discount to your warmest audience, like no, you probably shouldn't. And in general, you should be very careful about discounting. Like you should have planned out in your year, like when are you going to do sales or discounts, if at all, and have like a compelling reason for that. Like we do a very heavy sale on Black Friday, for example, and around kind of the Small Business Saturday and Cyber Monday, like a lot of people do. And there's there's an expectation in the market that when you're selling something during that week period, you're going to be offering a discount. And then we have a few other times during the year, but like in general, kind of against discounting (laughs) for no reason. Yeah. I think that your email list, especially when you're new and you have a smaller list and you may have relationships or know everyone's name on that list, that when you go to launch and sell something that you want to be helpful again and kind and like discount for it. But there's, like you said, there's no reason. Your 
customer base is in that email list. And just because they're on your email list, it doesn't mean they get a discount. Like that's all you've got is your email list. So you want to really, really protect that. You said it beautifully. I just wanted to get that point out that there's no need to discount just because they're on your list. You discount when you are flash launching, beta launching, or doing some kind of special sale. Mm -hmm. And I'll just add small asterisk here. Instead of discounting, we often encourage you to create bonuses as a way to incentivize people to buy during certain periods of time. So there is an alternative motivation there that you can create by like, oh, for this week only, you get this added bonus when you purchase my program as an alternative to discounting. Because I think especially, again, with women, we tend to discount, I think, for emotional reasons to make ourselves feel better about the fact that we have a business and that we're charging people dollar bills (laughs) for what we provide. And like, first of all, that's not always the best incentive. Sometimes it is, but it's not always the best incentive to get people to buy. And it also undervalues you if you do it too much and without like kind of a real strategy behind it. So like generally, like if you're looking for ways to motivate your audience to purchase, like there are other ways to do that, that maybe are better suited for your offer. Exactly. Good. That's it. That's all I got. Enjoy and hustle. Okay. So I have the joy today. And we just sent this out in our marvelous Monday newsletter for other companies today, but I'm going to say it here too, because it's a little bit life-changing and it's moon juice has this magnesium supplement called magnesium. Take it with a grain of salt, that word, please don't send us angry comments about it. We didn't name the product, but it's actually like a really lovely like powdered magnesium supplement that tastes way better than any of the other ones I've tried. And it actually like has L-theanine in it, which is like super helpful for relaxing with magnesium. And so it's a little pricey, but it comes in a beautiful amber jar and I'm a sucker for good packaging. It reminds me of one of my own brands, the way the packaging is on Moon Juice. And I just ordered two more little jars of this and I drink it every night before bed. And sometimes I drink it with a little sparkling water and it's like a little effervescent nighttime cocktail that puts me to sleep. So if you are also worried about, you know, the impending World War III and the drying up of the Colorado River and all the things that keep me awake, I recommend, you know, looking into this. Amazing. Okay. Never heard of it. Okay. And you also have the hustle because I don't remember what it is. Okay, so I will give our podcast producers the link to this video. It's from 60 Minutes, and it's just an interview about OpenAI and ChatGPT4. Of course, I'm talking about this a lot. It's like in the news, and it's on everyone's mind. And I wanted to share this particular interview because I watched it over the weekend. And the CEO of Google in this interview says that like artificial intelligence, like the current artificial intelligence that's making the news these days is going to be bigger to humanity than the invention of fire or electricity, which I think is a super (laughs) intense thing to say. Like that's kind of terrifying to me. And I just, I think all of us as business owners, especially operating on the internet should be following this pretty closely at this point. I think it's going to affect all of us. It's going to affect jobs. It's going to affect education. It's going to affect our children for those of us that are parents. And I think like that is maybe as someone who like has worked a lot in like global change and scenario planning in my previous career to have anyone at that sort of level of industry or culture say something 
that provocative, I think warrants attention. So it's worth watching that interview. Yeah, that's great. I'm going to watch that. I haven't seen it yet. And for those of you listening who, what are you talking about? Go back. I think it's one or two episodes ago. We did a whole thing on AI and chat GPT. I have been told by you, Sandy, that I'm not allowed to talk about it more in this episode. So I will well, zip my mouth shut, but just, we'll be it's talking just about a it hustle. more. It's just a little it's touch point. Just it's a, a hustle. <laughs> suggestion. It's not the episode. Yeah. No, yeah. that's great. It is yeah. important. I totally get it. Yes. Okay. All right. All right that's all we got. Thanks, Jenny. Bye. Thank you, Sandy. See y'all later. This podcast is brought to you by Marvelous. Marvelous helps you build and grow your own courses, memberships, and live streamed programs. Go from idea to open for business in just minutes. If you're looking for a simple, beautiful, custom branded platform to build and grow your online business, you can learn more at heymarvelous.com.